0: Jessica, and this is Deba K-Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. And today, I have a special friend with me. I have Carol from the K-Dramatics Club. Hey, Carol.
1: Hi. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. How's everyone doing? Uh, for her Mandarin listeners, ah, So, super excited to be here.
0: Carol, you blew my mind with the Mandarin. <laughs> I had no idea of it. That- You knew just how to speak Mandarin, Um, but that goes hand in hand with what we're going to talk about today because we're not reviewing a Korean drama today. We're reviewing a Chinese drama, a C-drama today, the very first one for the podcast feed. I think um, a lot of you that follow Debak on the socials know that I watch C-dramas whenever I feel like it. It's kind of augmenting my K-drama watching, and I've been doing it for many years, and I do it for the blog. I do the reviews for C dramas on the blog. And I always do a lot of C dramas actually for the Patreon feed that I review. And this is very, very special because I have never we've never done it for the regular debug feed. And Carol was so gracious enough to actually make this episode happen. Um I mentioned the Patreon. I do a final say. Episode usually when I finish a K drama or a C drama that I'm watching outside the regular Debout K Ramble season. And I usually do this by myself, (laughs) but I always do it for the Patreon feed. And when I posted on my Instagram story about loving love and love between fairy and devil, loving the show, I influenced a bunch of people to watch the show, including Carol. And she binged it. (laughs) My DMs were buzzing. The TikToks were going viral. And Carol so graciously and sweetly asked if I was doing a podcast episode on it and that she'd love to join. So I figured we could just take the final say and do it on the regular feed. And so you all have Carol to thank for this, really. Thank you, Carol.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I was uh, hooked in with your TikTok videos. The first one, I was like, ooh, that's a show I got to watch. <laughs> that's a show I got to get on. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, you're welcome. I um I had a great time making those, t- those TikToks. And then uh, one of them went viral in kind of a negative way. All of the sexist, misogynistic um, trolls on TikTok found it. And they started commenting. I even... I think that TikTok's been up for like about a week, and it kind of died down. And now it's like over—I think it's over three million views. And the like every few days, it keeps like the trolls find it again, and I have to clean up the comments. I have to block like hundreds of people. It is ridiculous out here. So, Carol, I'm so glad that the TikTok actually found its target audience and that it influenced you to watch the show. It is. I think we're going to review basically the sea drama of the year. Yes. So many people stop. have talked about this show, Love Between Fairy and Devil, and how amazing it is, and we're going to do the same. <laughs> I think it's no secret that like we're here because we had a great time watching this show. Um, but before we get into it, um, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping. So if this is your first time listening, oh my God, thank you so much for popping in on an episode that is... Completely outside of any season for Devok, you got a very special episodes of C Drama. Please, please go ahead and subscribe though on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you like us, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, come on, don't be petty. And if you want to stay up to date on everything that I'm doing, get a hold of my. Uh, DMs, the TikToks, the posts, everything you got to follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at debakpod. Let this be a PSA. I have deleted ATC from all of the social handles, so it's just at Pod. And lastly, if you're a fan please consider becoming a patron. It is such a great way for you to get involved, show your support, and get extra content like the mid-says and the final-says and all the C-dramas and K-dramas that I'm watching outside of the regular season. So you can check out the page on patreon.com alwayscriticpod. And thank you to our patrons, Janet, Curtis, Bale, Cindy, and CD. All right, we're going to get into it. I will put this PSA, the second PSA, at the front end and at the back end of the general uh, behind the scenes, my drama synopsis and all of the people who uh, made this show because we're not going to do a non-spoiler section. So let me repeat. There is no non-spoiler section. After I get through the cast and everybody, we're going to launch headlong into the spoiler section. So beware if you haven't watched the show, you're going to get spoiled. So I am going to read the my drama synopsis. And it's kind of long, so bear with me. But I feel like it's kind of necessary, I guess, to for everyone to be on the same page if you haven't watched this in a while or what have you. So here we go. According to legend, in order to obtain terrible power, Dongfang Qingsang of the Moon Tribe, became an emotionless monster. He killed his father, seized the position of Moon Supreme, and led an army of 100,000 Moon Tribe soldiers on a path of devastation. Xu the immortal fairy realm, Kangyang Si, the Moon Tribe, and Yunmeng Si, the mortar world, were in grave danger. To save the world and stop Dongfang Sang and his army, the first god of war of Xu Shuy- <laughs> destroyed her primordial spirit. Dongfang sang's army and primordial spirit were sealed and his body was locked away in Haotian Tower under the immortal bonds of the Haotian Matrix. This is like a tongue twister, I swear. However, it is. It is. However, if his primordial spirit was restored and Dongfang Qingsang were to break free from his tower, the world would be in danger once more. Legend says that only the goddess of Shishan can prevent this catastrophe, but she vanished without a trace. Q Avatar theme. <laughs> 30,000 years after the first God of War sacrifice, there was a disturbance in the Haotian Matrix. While attempting to help the new God of War reinforce the Matrix, Orchid, a weak and low-ranking flower flower fairy, accidentally finds herself inside Haotian Tower and face-to-face with the Moon Supreme himself, their encounter sets off a chain of events that threatens to change the fate of the world. Once again. All right, that was really long, but that's basically episode one. And uh, I will say this... Love Between Fairy and Devil aired this year, August 2022. It is 36 episodes long. It's directed by Yi Zheng, and I hope that I don't butcher their names too much, but Yi Zheng, and he's directed Falling Into You from 2022 and Young Blood from 2019, among other things. This is written by Cao Xiao Tian, and he's written things like The Lady in Butcher's House from 2022, which is a historical sea drama, and The Crack of Dawn, also from this year, and that is a modern sea drama. He's done uh, a bunch of other stuff, but that's just his stuff from 2022. He's done, he's written three shows just in this year, which is crazy. And then his co-writer- Booked busy. Yeah, he booked him busy, Yes. <laughs> So his co-writer on Love Between Fairy and Devil was Bai Jin Jin, and this is her first writing credit ever. So I'm really excited to see what else she puts out, what else fills out her filmography and stuff. Uh, this show, I'm just going to say the first, you know, the leaders of this troupe here, and that's Esther Yu stars as Orchid. She uh, made her acting debut in 2016 in the TV drama *Border Town Prodigal*, and she's done uh, quite a few uh, TV shows, including *My Amazing Boyfriend 2*, which I forgot that that got a sequel. I watched the first season of that, and she's also been in *Find Yourself* as it says she's a main role. I honestly cannot remember. Her character that well which sucks <laughs> i remember watching that show but like her face is gone from like the cast so i think everyone is excited about this next guy because it's dylan wang as moon supreme don pan ching <laughs> yes carol <laughs> uh everybody knows him from his first leading role as damon chi in the 2018 remake meteor garden and that basically made him a star That is what happened. (laughs) Carol's like head against the wall, like completely, like just so overcome.
1: (laughs) I've just been going down a rabbit hole of fan edits. Oh, God. Since I watched the show and it's just, it's just giving me life. I know. It's giving me everything I need.
0: I know, girl. So Dylan, I've been in love with Dylan since Meteor Garden and then I never watched any of his other shows until now. So there there I am. The love is back. I It's like I never left. And I think we're going to say another PSA here before we get started. You will be spoiled in the next few seconds. If you have not watched the show and you want to stay unspoiled, you should watch it and then come back here for this review. Okay, Carol, girl, what happened? Tell me what happened. How did you love this show?
1: Oh, my gosh. It took me on quite the roller coaster. So... I think that when I first when I saw your TikTok where he like comes to save her, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I got to watch that show like that whole eclipse of the moon and then the moon goes away and then he shows up and people dissolve i was like this is it (laughs) this is it so i started and in the first couple of scenes we see her so enamored with um, the god of war Mm -hmm. uh dang
0: oh sorry i said the wrong name yeah chung hung
1: yeah, she was she was enamored with Chung Hung and she does this. I'm gonna sacrifice myself to save him. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> it's not that deep. It's not that deep. This guy hasn't even shown you that he's interested. So she goes into this tumbling, I guess, prison that they have made. Yeah. And she falls into DC fq yeah is that what we're calling it Don't yeah call we
0: can call him, him dfq uh dfqc DF,
1: dfqc yeah and she falls into him and they have their first kiss and i was like wait a minute <laughs> shook the table and everything yeah i'm sorry. but i was just like wait this episode is episode one episode we're one. getting we're getting a kiss in episode one in a historical drama yeah, I'm gonna take it. I was sold. I'm sold. It. it was, it was just, it was just fantastic. And the whole kissing to switch bodies and ah, oh, mm-hmm. I was living for it.
0: It had Freaky Friday, Secret Garden, up in there too because they swapped. They, it was a body swap for, for a, they did like two times, I think. And then they swapped back too. Yeah. So what is that? Four yeah. four kisses right there, four just from kiss, them yeah. body swapping. Yeah. Um, oh, I was living. So you were hooked. Hooked immediately. Hooked. Yeah. Um, same. So what happened with me was that I had seen some edits earlier in the year during the summer when this was airing. And I was like, oh, my God, this was like fucking right up my alley. Like, I really want to watch this show. But I was in the middle of doing a lot of K-drama watching for the podcast for this for the season three. And I had okay. no time outside of that to really dedicate to watching a C-drama. And of course, C-dramas are kind of, mm, what's the word? They require a lot of time because it's not just 16 or 20 episodes. It's always like yes. 50, f- 60 episodes or something. It's a big commitment. So I was like, I can't do this right now. So I didn't. Then the season ends, my, or season three of Debak ends. And I have some time and I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to press play on Love Between Fairy and Devil. Finally, girl, the first freaking couple of minutes, I was like, this is it. Like, I'm hooked. I can't wait to finish this show. And the, my only thing was, oh, my God, it's only 36 episodes. I, th- I think right? that's very accessible of a C drama. And they kept yep. that plot tight and they had the writing doing so much heavy lifting and these actors were acting like it was like so much fun to see all of these pieces that make C-dramas so great, right? Which is usually a combination of like great cinematography and gorgeous set pieces and stunning costuming, beautiful like jewelry headpieces, flawless makeup and wigs and all of these things. Plus the story, the acting, the cast, like all of this taken together, it makes this show a stunner, like the best C drama that I've watched in a really, really long time. I don't know if it was the same for you, but I was like, I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> I couldn't, I was binging it. And a uh, funny thing is, I posted all those TikToks and then I, Kind of sat back and was like, I can't. Oh, girl, I gotta calm down. I can't get through this too fast because I want this to last. And I, t- you texted, you messaged me, and we're like, I'm almost done. Or you said I finished the drama. You I had finished. Been, what? What was that? Like a day? Two days?
1: Yes, two days. I and finished
0: I, it. And- yes. I was shocked <laughs> I was like you were shocked Carol. and you
1: were like oh I have more episodes You yeah, know, yeah. I have I have my job
0: yeah, yeah I yeah. have
1: life and I'm just like you were like I made me. the time
0: yeah <laughs> you're like like I don't have a life like I don't have a job and I was like I know but yeah that was my excuse was that I was like oh, I'm so busy and then you were like I'm busy too but I like just blasted through it and yeah, I, oh my God, I didn't want it to end. I did not want it to end. It was something to look forward to every time I came home. And I'm so glad I didn't have to wait for no episodes. Some people were like, yeah, I was watching this as it was airing and it was torture because the episodes would end and then I had to wait the next week. Yeah, I was like, mm-mm, can't do that. Mm-mm. With a drama this good, can't do that. Mm-mm. No, thank you.
1: I I can only sit and watch my K dramas currently because now i'm used to it by chinese drama Mm, no i gotta binge the whole thing Mm, yes
0: (laughs) yeah so talking about c dramas what has been your experience with c dramas just so that you know our listeners can kind of understand where we're coming from because i think i've been watching c dramas a lot for the number of years that i've watched it i haven't been watching it as long as you have i don't think
1: okay okay My first C-drama was a 1986 drama. Mind you, I was probably watching it in like 1991. So I was a couple of years late. Okay, got you. But it it was a drama called Journey to the West, and it was being aired on national TV in Ghana, where I grew up. And then I picked up C-dramas again in 2004 when I got internet at home, I had Crunchyroll, and I was just, when Crunchyroll was free, I was just hammering the dramas. So, yeah. Nice. So good.
0: Yeah, I think I've been watching them since 2017. I think around there, 2016 or 2017. Because I've been doing K-dramas for a while, and I think I had watched like a, Maybe I had watched a Thai drama and I had watched a, oh my God, what's the language? Oh my God. A Turkish drama. Okay. Which was really interesting and I love the language. That was a beautiful um, language, but I don't think I ever finished it because it was so long. <laughs> it was like a lot of episodes. So anyway, so I had watched those and then I got into sea dramas and I never looked back because I instantly found like my favorite genres, I guess, of sea drama. I don't think I'd usually go for the modern ones. They're not like 100 for me. But I love the wuxia and the sciencia sea dramas, the costume period pieces and stuff. I love those so much. And funny story about, I think, one of my first sea dramas was, I don't remember the name of it, but it was something about Empresses of the Palace. I think it was... The name of it
1: okay yeah. okay
0: so it was a lot of drama in the harem of the palace and this like young girl gets picked up and like she gets inserted into the harem and um she becomes the king's favorite all this stuff like very typical um you know royal fodder for a sea drama and i watched it on netflix and i kept thinking my god this is such bad Storytelling because they keep skipping over who killed her child. Like, I'm missing entire scenes, entire scenes entirely gone. And I was like, maybe it's like, maybe they didn't intend to. And I was like, trying to reason with it and say, like, maybe they, I don't know, maybe there's subtext that I'm missing from it, but it was like very herky jerky storytelling. And I get to the end of it and I was like, this was good, but. I feel like the editing was terrible and I had all these questions because they were talking about things and referring to things that I had never seen before, never heard about in the show before. (laughs) So I looked it up online. People were fucking livid because Netflix had chopped up the drama and edited it for, I guess, their audience that they assumed wouldn't want to see the entire C drama, which was a, a high episode count. So... They edited it down for Netflix. And that's why entire scenes, plot lines were like missing or told terribly. And I was like, oh my God, this is a crime. Like, I still want to prosecute for what they did to that drama because it is so rude. Like, how, why would you think to do that? It, I was, anyway, so miracle that I kept watching C dramas after that. But yeah. I would like to know, what are your favorite genres of sea drama? And if you had to carve out a Mount Rushmore of sea dramas, what shows would be up there?
1: Oh, okay. Genres. Rom, rom rom-com or romance. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Cop, ganda. Teenage school. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And um, wushia and Mm. ganshia. Those, those
0: those are, are so good okay I kind of feel like we have basically the same tastes in c-dramas because I always it k-dramas I will go all over the place for genres I could do thriller I could do this I could do that yeah yeah but now for c-dramas I have kept the same formula since I started yeah. watching and it's always like romance rom-com um historicals period pieces mm-hmm. uh, if you're mm-hmm. talking about immortals I'm like yeah sign me up like if this is very similar to to my taste so cool so we walked into this basically guaranteed no not guaranteed to like it but you know it's made for us
1: <laughs> exactly highly possible that we will enjoy it and mm-hmm. we did mm-hmm. I feel like Compared to other wushis we've seen, wh- we've seen one. We didn't get as many kisses. Oh yeah. I know I say kisses a lot, but like it's important to me. Okay.
0: Me- <laughs> same, same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we don't get that many, and the stories are much longer. So we're looking at like that seventy episodes, mm-hmm. etc. And um, the writing is not as tight. So yeah, I loved this so much.
0: And uh, what about your Mont Rushmore of C-dramas? What are your favorites?
1: Ooh. Uh, ooh. Damn. <laughs> you know, I, ooh. Okay. This is a very old one. Okay. Um, uh, it was with Rainey Yang and Mike He. And he was playing Devil Beside Me. So that's, oh, okay. that's one. And then Ariel Lin did, um, Tokyo Juliet and um, I Will Not Love You or I Will Never Love You with Bolin Chen. Okay. Fantastic drama. It was like a friends friends to lovers kind oh of Oh, Lord. Drama.
0: Sign me up. Oh, my God. Let me write it down.
1: Oh, God. I'll what is it? I'll send you the link. Okay, please. Um, <laughs> yes, I'll send you the link. It's with um, Bolin Chen and Ariel, Ariel Lin. Mm-hmm. And their love, their story is, um, I'll never love you. Okay. Let me
0: pull that okay. Back. Yeah.
1: No. Sorry. In oh. time with you.
0: Oh, in time with you. Okay.
1: In time with you, and then I'll say Mars. So Mars. Mars. Was, oh my god. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh.
1: Mars. Uh, Mars, Mars uh. Was, was such a traumatic girl drama girl but at the same time i keep going back to it to it's watch addictive because it was so good yeah with barbie Shu, and um
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: that guy from meteor garden yes first i forget started. his name too
0: oh, oh my god yeah yeah yes. so mars, mars if you movie. haven't watched mars it's based on a a what is it called it's not a manhwa it's a, a book what is it called oh my god what's the equivalent of a manhwa anime no um anyway it's based on a graphic novel thing that I forget the name of and they turned it into a show and it is so good so good him and him on the motorcycle and like the hair that he had I (laughs) oh girl girl oh my
1: gosh and that painting or that picture with fire around him Quit. There, oh.
0: Quit it. So anyway, this will turn into a Mars drama review exactly, real exactly. fast. So we're gonna. So those are your Mount. Some Mar- Mount Rushmore C dramas, great. So mine have to do exclusively with like immortals and Sansons and stuff. So that I'll choose Eternal Love, which is. Um, I think it's also known by like Ten Miles of Peach Blossoms or something like yes. that. Like the Peach yes. Blossom Show, and. Ashes of Love, for sure. And... Mm, yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Ashes of Love. And I will go ahead and put Love Between Fairy and Devil on my Mount Rushmore. Because I loved it. I loved it. I think it's fantastic. Okay. So, thank you so much for playing along and giving us your Mount Rushmore and your genres and your experience watching sea dramas. Sorry. What... Do you want to talk about first for the show? Although, because people know we love it, why do we love it? So, I think we have to discuss Dylan because Dylan is a huge part of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am like madly in love with Dylan. Dylan Wing is like so appealing to me. I this is like oh my god, I, don't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like he has like my my ideal body type. Like ever since I was like a preteen. The tall, lanky, slightly, like, barely muscular kind of dudes with, like, a pretty face. (laughs) That that is my type. Ever since I was a child, basically, my crushes have sort of looked like Dylan Dylan Wong. Not that they were beautiful Asian men all the time, but, like, you know, they were that kind of style. And, oh, my God, every time I see Dylan, I'm, like, reminded of this, like, deep-set like attraction I have to this kind of dude. And he has played basically one of the most famous roles you could possibly have in the drama world. He's played the boys over flowers, meteor garden guy. And so I, like I said before, I've been madly in love with him since then. Then I popped off the bandwagon. Now I'm back on it (laughs) and I'm obsessed I think that his acting was pretty good in Meteor Garden. Now, looking back at Meteor Garden, it's probably not that great. This drama, Love Between Fairy and Devil, impressed me completely with his acting, his ability, and just how far he's come. It seems like he's improved so much. Do you agree with that?
1: I agree. The first time I saw Dylan was in The Rational Life.
0: Oh, okay. I think
1: that drama is now on Netflix. So yes, that's it is. I saw it. And, um, confession, I did not see him in Meteor Garden. Like I just heard, because I was partial to the first Taiwanese Meteor-, yes. Meteor Garden.
0: Yes. Okay. And I was
1: like, no, I'm not going to do that. Then I watched Boys of a No. I watched the Japanese one, H- Hanayuri Dango. Yes. I watched Meteor Garden. Okay. And then I watched um, Boys Over Flowers. And at that point, I was like, you know what, Carol? No we sense in delaying this, it. <laughs> this toxic life, it's over. Like, let's not do it. And I didn't see that. So
0: Wow. You held now, up after that.
1: Exactly. Now That's- I'm going into his his uh portfolio and mm-hmm. like okay let's let's go back i think this is worth it so i've heard you talk about it it's on my list now
0: oh my I god him. you still haven't seen meteor garden okay so we might have to do a meteor garden episode then when carol finishes <laughs> meteor garden from 2018 i thought it was excellent i think i have a review i think on the blog for it which has like my raw thoughts like right after i finished it I think they just updated it so well for the times that we're in and they kind of left off at least a good chunk of what makes that character so toxic and kind of cringy to return to in 2022. And he, Pineapple Head is such a great character because you find him so um, adorable and vulnerable in places and then like really hard and cool in so many other places so he's got that cool dichotomy that he keeps up in this love between fairy and devil as well where you're like he's very vulnerable in places and other places you can't get a read on him he's very uh, careful and um, cold so that's I don't know I think he does that really well
1: yes Mm -hmm. so okay when this show started I was over the moon with how F you, can we swear on the show? F you all. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Fuck you all. I'm gonna do my thing. Um, This is the girl I want. This is mine. (laughs) Very toxic, but he played it so well Mm -hmm. that I was like, ooh, yes, you sexy. You sexy. Mm -hmm. I'm buying into it. Yep. And then you see him transform into this Vulnerable person, not serving just himself or his uh, moon tribe. He is, he wants to be of service to Orchid. And I'm just like,
0: oh. girl, girl. It's the taming of the beast. It's the taming of the beast trope, which, of course, in real life doesn't fly. You can't just like tame a toxic, rude, tyrant dude with like kindness (laughs) but in this show it's a it's a fucking high fantasy sea drama it's fake give it to me any time of the day like i love that trope and i do love how you're alluding to his character arc which amazing amazing character arc that he has he like i said starts off really cold and emotionless really um And towards the end, he's the complete opposite. He's very um, emotional and in touch with his feelings, what he wants. He has so much affection and just love for Orchid that he completely shirks his responsibilities as the Moon Supreme. And full time takes care of her, tries to get closer to her. And of course, there's like reasons for it in the plot. For him to want to be closer to her, of course, she doesn't remember who he is. But anyway, that's beside the point. I love how they tame him. And I love how he is able to reconcile with his family. And it's all because of her, because she's in his life. He changes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. It's so beautiful to see his arc and to see... we can talk a little bit more about it. I mean, there's no reason to, like, not, but she cared for him a lot for the first maybe half of the show or the bulk of the show, like, three-quarters of the show. She's taking care of him, and she helps him reconcile with his brother and his dead dad. She resurrects his emotions, his emotions tree and, like, his, you know, all this crap. She made him come alive, and she nurtured him back to life, and... I really like in episode 18 when he's confronting his dad in the afterlife and the dad is like, well, I had to do all these things so that you could become this moon supreme and learn how to harness hellfire. You had to get tortured, essentially, to learn that the emotions were were no good. And like you basically killed off something inside of yourself. And yes, it was. <clears throat> How do I put this? Really sad and a really intense part of the show to see him getting the answers that he wanted. The DFQC was like, why did you do this to me? Did you even love me? And asking these hard, hard questions. And the dad was like, it killed me inside to do this to you. And it, I could no longer live with myself. So like the other surefire way to make sure that you cut off your emotions and learned how to use hellfire was if you killed somebody that you loved so yeah. I could know like it was like a suicide basically this dad was like it wasn't you murdering me it was really suicide which yeah. is really sad and the dad was like well I see that your emotions tree is alive again it's been resurrected why don't you just scatter my primordial spirit now here and now and kill me again so that you can return to being this lofty moon supreme with these almighty hellfire powers because otherwise you're kind of a sitting duck and you can't fulfill this destiny of like re- reviving the moon tribe and all this crap. And DFQC does something really, really brave here because he, he chooses himself and he says, I'm yeah. going to choose for myself. I'm not going to cut off anything and I choose to feel pain and love in equal measure. And I, uh, (laughs) um, uh, brutal. And I just think that all of us have come to that place where, you know, by some design of life, we come across a really hard rock where we are just like, oh, we're stuck in this place. We don't, I would rather not feel anything than Mm -hmm. feel all this pain and suffering that I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. And this character is like, nah, man, I just I'd rather feel everything than nothing.
1: You know, I love that you bring it up, because in the beginning of the show, when he is in her library where um, Orchid works and Mm -hmm. lives, he starts... So because of their kiss, he starts feeling everything she feels. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a particular scene where she is having a bad dream or a nightmare when Mm -hmm. she's sleeping. And he can feel what she's feeling. Mm -hmm. And he feels fear. And he's like, this is what I feel. I haven't felt that in so long. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. That's what it feels like. And then you see him later on in the show actually experiencing all these feelings of fear and grief and anger and it's Mm -hmm. just so beautiful to see because here's someone who could not emote or whose emotions were cut off intentionally to someone who is brave enough to want to explore it and even Mm -hmm. his awkwardness in exploring things like for some reason yes i want you I like you, Orchid. I'm going to spend my time with you. But then with his brother, he's like, oh, yeah, he wants to kill me, whatever. Like, I'm not into that. And she's, like, trying to teach him how to uh, hug his brother, (laughs) smile at your brother, and he's open. That's the thing that I really loved about Mm -hmm, his character mm -hmm. as he was... Growing, it wasn't just I'm just doing this for you, and I'm gonna concentrate on you, but he was showing it to his uh, first first hand man mm-hmm. to his um, brother, to the leaders in the Moon Tribe. Right, it was just right. Beautiful.
0: Yeah, I agree completely that the show. I think C dramas normally take the bad guy villain ish trope that he yes. is the archetype of that, and. They only apply any goodness and benevolence and love to the female lead. Like the one person who is like, can, you know, talk to him the way that she talks to him. You know what I'm saying? And be close to him and stuff. And in this show, they extend it further than her. Orchid for sure gets the brunt of his love and affection and care. But, you know, she teaches him that everyone else deserves that much as well and especially your brother especially your right-hand man who for the large part of the show he was like i can't even trust him like i don't (laughs) i don't trust anybody around me and she's like um he's extremely loyal to you of course you can trust him like she sees straight through everybody i thought that that was a tremendous thing to have in her character was she may not be strong physically but she's super strong relationally and emotionally she's got so so much emotional intelligence and intuition and she's constantly reading the room and translating subtext and undertones to dfqc who's completely clueless half the time and they complement each other and she's the one who ushers in this era of him being more um, intuitive emotionally and um what's the word straight not straightforward but forthcoming In his emotions and a great initiator, because the brother is almost was brought up the same way. He cannot really bridge the gap here between him and DFQC. And she's like, "Hey, it kind of seems like your brother wanted to talk to you about something in that conversation Mm -hmm. you were having." She just like has to tell DFQC, "Like, hey, I think you missed something here." And she's great at that. It's it's amazing to see that. You know, even though Orchid is so weak, like they call her weak even in the My Dramalist synopsis, that she's really actually very strong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Relationally mm-hmm. and emotional intelligence, she, she has it mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. I do think that it's a, it's a <laughs> wee bit of a struggle for me to um, believe and Carol, okay. You can't. This is a fantasy drama. I have to remind myself because I was. I think I wanted to see a moment of hesitancy for her, especially when she was gung ho about you do not kill the fairy kingdom. That's those are my people. That's where I grew up. Yada yada yada. And then you find out that actually the fairy kingdom ain't shit. Like, they're not, they're not that good. And one of them is the reason why your parents died. So why are you holding me back from killing them off? Like, I, there was never a moment of, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, these people are bad.
0: But hmm, I see what you're saying. still
1: can't do that.
0: I see what you're saying. She never struggles with uh, who's good and who's bad. Yes, she never does. She kind of thinks that everybody is there's good and bad in everybody or that there's sorry, there's good in everybody.
1: Yes, she did believe that he was bad. Well, she believed (laughs) he was she believed he was ambiguous at first. And then she hears stories and she's like, oh, you're the bad guy. And then Mm -hmm. she sits with herself and she's like, actually, he's been very good to me. Like, I think y'all are just misunderstanding him. And that's when you see her trying to protect him, trying to hide him. Um, And she did a very good job of that. But in terms Mm -hmm. of who's, I guess her superpower really is seeing through people and understanding what their motives are Mm -hmm. and why they're doing the things they are doing. Mm -hmm. And she just happens to be correct. So... I love that about yeah. the character, but also I'm like, girl, give me some revenge. Give me some yes. revenge.
0: Yes. She never takes the low road, yes. so to speak. <laughs> Michelle um,
1: Obama would love her. <laughs>
0: um, I I love how you bring up that she kind of had this skewed view of the moon supreme. And obviously she didn't know that DFQC was a moon supreme. For like a long time, like he was lying to her and she's talking shit about the Moon Supreme in front of him. And she's like, oh, yeah, like he loves to eat like dirt or whatever. Like she has all this like crazy misinformation about the Moon Supreme passed down through legend, basically, because it's been 30,000 years since he's quote unquote died and he gets upset. It's like very cute to see. But finally, I like when they are they've swapped bodies. She's in his body and he's in hers and they're in the moon supreme kingdom they're in uh the moon tribe kingdom sorry and she sits down to eat or he i guess her in his body sits down to eat and she's like oh my god what are they gonna serve me i heard that he likes to eat live animals and it's like this crazy she's freaking out in his head um because she thinks she's about to be served like some crazy dish and they like unload like all of the dishes and she's like oh, this looks even better than what I eat in the fairy kingdom. Like, this looks really delicious. And she's, like, pleasantly surprised. Things like that yeah. really um, kind of break down her prejudice or, or you know, the misinformation that she has about Moon Supreme. And it makes her kind of appreciate him more because look at the, you know, food that he eats. Look at the life that he lives. And it's she has all these misconceptions about, The moon tribe and when she's living over there like they all come to not yes it's a dark kingdom yes they wore dark clothes and they (laughs) um it was very um what did they oh my god the look of the kingdom and the palace and stuff reminded me of like um like a middle eastern kingdom like they went for that kind of um middle eastern looking Aesthetic. And I really appreciated that because I think that's also playing into um, I don't know, this might be reading too much into it, but like I feel like post 9-11, it has been a kind of journey to bring the Middle East into back into the good graces of like the West. Right. And I'm sure it's kind of the same way worldwide. Like I kind of expect it to be on some level a little bit of the same for other cultures and to see them kind of play that up in the show a little bit to see them almost like appreciate the middle eastern aesthetic and the culture and you know they have all of these um motifs around the palace and stuff and the moon tribe and I'm like this is stunning this is gorgeous and of course the fairy kingdom has all of these like crazy notions about this evil moon tribe when they're yeah. just as um, I guess civilized, terrible. right? And and terrible as the fairy tribe. Like there's not there's no apples and oranges here. It's it's pretty much like green apple and red apple. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: Right. So I found Same that kind of cool. Of the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were talking about character arcs, we talked about Orchid. I think I want to talk about Esther a little bit because Esther you who plays Orchid, does a pretty good job. I said in my Mid-Say episode on the Patreon feed that I was kind of annoyed by her portrayal of Orchid just because she's a little bit cringy, she's very childish, she plays Eggyo a lot, she's acting very cutesy, and that sort of thing is compounded because she's doing it all the time. It's not for a gag. It's not for, you know, a couple of scenes here and there. It's all the time. She's always giggling, always like prancing around. And it feels um, just annoying to me. It's a little bit frustrating to see her kind of like, almost like ditzy in a way. Like it just seems like she's not all there all the time. She doesn't care. And I I think that I was expecting, expecting, hard expecting, a change whenever she realized her identity and became the goddess again. I was like, there's going to be a personality change here. A hard left turn here. Because she's so um, lovable and lovely as Orchid and childish and naive and innocent and all this stuff. The goddess that she really is definitely is not like that. In my mind, there was no way. And I was right? Like when she turns back into the goddess towards the end of the show, Mm -hmm. she is quite wise and Mm -hmm. has a totally different persona. She doesn't like to sleep late. She wakes up early. She doesn't need to eat food before she was a glutton and she loved to eat. And now she's fasting all the time. Like lots of differences between Orchid and the goddess. And I kind of like that. What did you think about Orchid and her Esther's portrayal of her and The difference between Orchid and the goddess.
1: You know, I agree that I don't like too much eggyo, Like the cutesy, bitsy behavior. Mm -hmm. But I also see it as that is a way that she was protecting herself against her bullies.
0: Because
1: Mm. you would see her either... There were moments where they would be gossiping behind her back or something, and then she would walk straight up to them and say, Hey, like, I'm gonna win this thing, or I'm participating in this competition to be a uh, maid for Chang Heng. And apart from that, when she is by herself, though, she does have this childlike, she has no friends. She's not really interacting with people. People only come in, take their leaf books and leave. <laughs> and her friends were the uh, fireflies. Were they fireflies? Like, mm, uh, like flowers. Just- they
0: were the flowers yeah. in her garden that were like cultivated exactly. enough to like take human form for a couple of minutes and then like go exactly. back. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So I feel like she was... She did have a lot of, she's lovable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Chung Hang fell for her, too, in the beginning. Because she was so caring of him when he mm-hmm. was injured.
0: Um, well, she's a nurturer I, by nature. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, <laughs> look at that. girl, yes.
1: <laughs> I love that. Um, and um, And then you would see her sort of play up this role. When she was being bullied. Mm. Just so that. I felt like she was using it. As a protection mechanism sometimes. And then mm. other times. It was. Okay when I have to stand up for myself. I'll stand up for myself. And then you know. Run away or walk away. So I, I liked her. I think it was enough. I think her being that way. Really amplified. The way. Uh, Dongfang Qingqing,
0: DFQC, beginning? yes.
1: DFQC, yes. Sorry. It's a lot. It's um, a lot
0: to say. Like every time you say his name, it's like Dongfang Qingqing. Ugh.
1: Exactly. DFQC. Okay. So his, you could see the contrast between the two because of just how much she played her egio. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. It was.
0: It makes him it, it look even more like even worse, I guess. I see what you're saying exactly because they're exactly. complete polar opposites when he yes. doesn't have emotions and his tree is still like rugged and nasty. um yes, the difference between them is wild. you know, I she's think. like sunshine and he's <laughs> like the moon like it truly is like a he is the moon <laughs> supreme very yeah. yeah, you know, barely. Well, I can't say like Moon barely gives off light. But you know what I'm saying? Like he's dark and she's not. He's brooding and he's, and she's not. And yeah, the juxtaposition mm-hmm. of them is mm-hmm. drastic, beca- especially because of how she's playing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I want to hear some of your favorite scenes.
0: My favorite scenes. Oh, my God. So they have to do a lot with me swooning over whatever <laughs> is happening. I swear to God, I cannot believe how many worthy moments are in this show and i think that my favorite moments were this is a long list i have like a laundry list here so feel free to jump in with whatever you have if you agree or if you have something to say about these so anytime dfqc takes care of orchid Uh, i.e uh collecting morning dew for her taking her to see the sunrise making her flower soup etc all of this stuff completely sent me into a tizzy you you have like your hand on your forehead like
1: you know. i remember texting you like if you're not picking morning dew for me do you even love me
0: yes if you're
1: not taking me to see the sunrise do you love me like it was so
0: it was so so <laughs> worthy. I died. I was like, the get- if your man's is not collecting morning dew for you and taking you to see the sunrise and making you flower soup, dump you him. Like, he, him. no, we don't want him. Okay? He is not goals. Um, anytime that he saved her in the show, I, like, we mentioned one where he, likes. he causes an eclipse, splits the sky and saves her. Uh, I think that was the first time, but he he yes. constantly is saying really dumb, cheesy shit when he shows up that I <laughs> ate uh, I was, like, eating it up. He was, like, how dare you touch my woman? And, like, saying things like that when he showed up to save her, and I was, like, hand over heart. I am living for it. I don't know why I am this way, but, like, it's, it's scratching an itch that I have, and it's really fun to see. Not fun like you know going on a merry-go-round fun. I'm talking like fun entertainment and like I don't know. I'm swooning with every time he saves her. That first time was great when he said, "Oh god," when he saves her in front of the the lord of the fairies or whatever and they're in this giant oh throne room and gosh. they got her they got her strung up in the middle and they're whipping her with oh this magical my gosh. whip. Girl, he shows up and like he's got all the the hellfire like swirling around, and he says his cheesy line, and like he comes up behind her and like (laughs) puts his arm around. (laughs) No, no, no,
1: let's. We're spazzing right now. Let's explain exactly (laughs) what happened. So. She is in her initiation thing to find her purpose. Yes. And it doesn't work out. And they Well, they're like trying
0: to, what, what is it? The turtle, the great turtle is verifying yeah. all of their identities before they're initiated as f- immortal fairies, whatever the hell it is. And the turtle, she goes in, the turtle's like, hey, I know you. And she's like, what? And like, he gives her some like obscure answer like, It's not time for you to, like, be here. It's not time for you to be a fairy. Like, it's good to see you, old friend. And she has no idea what's going on. It spits her back out. And the turtle doesn't say anything about her. (laughs) And everyone's like, this has never happened before. Oh, my God. She's not an orchid. What kind of thing is she? Like, there was no confirmation about who she is or what she is. So they got really sus. They, I think, what did the the guys, the Lord of the Fairies, like, sent down, like, what? A fire, uh, something to harm her. And the Hellfire bracelet, like, the bracelet made out of his blood, it activates and, like, sends up, like, a flurry of Hellfire to protect her. And they're like, oh, my God, what was that, Hellfire? And then that's when they get really suspicious of her and they string her up to try and figure out who is she? Is she from the Moon Tribe? Like, what's going on?
1: And Sis is like, I ain't got a fucking clue. Like, I don't know. I'm not the bad guy. Like, I don't know where I'm a fairy. I'm yeah, a fairy. yeah.
0: They're and like, where is uh, Dongfang Jin Song? And she's like, I don't know. I thought he was dead. Like, she has no clue.
1: And he shows up.
0: He shows. Ugh. So while
1: she's uh, while she's in pain, he's doing his thing, trying to revive the Moon Tribe army. And he feels her pain, Mm -hmm. so he shows up while she's, like, being strung in the air with these gold, I guess...
0: Chains. Chains. Yeah.
1: And he comes behind her and grabs her waist and we see that shot of his hand oh coming my around god. her waist
0: yes but then they pan up to his and I, face and he's just like glare he looks up glaring. at the guy glares at the man and i'm like oh god it does I'm something like, i just and then he's it. like i just I know, I know i know i know i know i know know, Um, and then he like gingerly like sets her down and he's like you know dealing with her while they're in the bubble of hellfire like nothing can penetrate this shield that he put up and he's just like taking his time he's like are you okay she's uh, she's talking like you lied to me and he's like sorry about it like there's like (laughs) nothing he can he has no emotions at this point so he's just like yeah (laughs) um oh my god and then he like reaches out to the side and like pick, gets the bracelet that she had thrown out, like puts that's it back on her. Lie. Like it's very like oh my god, a lot of possession happening yes. and um, uh, what's it called? Like territorial stuff that feels very like animalistic. But I don't know why it works for me. I don't like, know. That's, what that's does that, that say explore. about me?
1: Exactly. <laughs> That's something to explore with our therapist. Yes. But, um, but when he's like, "How dare you touch what is mine?" I was like, "Ooh."
0: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you better tell him. Every time he saves her, I am swooning, swooning.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh god! Absolutely
0: so um, I don't know if there's any other times that you can think of that he saves her, but those are like the two main times that I thought of right now. Uh, he takes the 51 bolts of lightning, shirtless. Oh.
1: Ooh. I was going to do the emotions so,
0: that went Oh well, in there. Yeah, talk about like, it. Oh. Go for it, go for it. Because I think he had a slightly different reaction than I did.
1: Yeah, so his brother... Um is taking these bolts for punishment for, you know, trying to pull a fast one on him. And he collects 30 and it's left with like 51. And his brother mm-hmm. is like, you know what? I'm going to take it for him. Takes off his shirt and I was like, oh.
0: Well, it's like a tearaway shirt. Yes. Uh, <laughs> why? Why the shirt is tearaway? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
1: But the effect that it needed to have happened, okay? Mm, mm. And then I thought it was a beautiful moment of, you know what? Even though you're fucking up, you're still my brother. I still care for you. At that time, though, I don't know if I was... I just wanted to get... The brother felt like an annoying tick that you wanted to take off. Oh, so right. I'm just like, oh, let's just get rid of him. But I also see that, okay, it is your family. At the time, he couldn't really, um, or he was just tr- starting to grasp mm-hmm. the effect of killing his dad. Because yeah. he's starting to feel all these yeah. emotions. And he sees where his brother is coming from. So it was a very sweet moment. And I'm not sure in that moment, the brother got it. He felt like, oh, you're just trying to show off or something. Uh And then after the brother was like, you know what? You didn't have to do that. That was that was really nice of you. Right.
0: Well, Orchid helps that relationship out because after he takes the bolts of lightning, he's injured and can't really speak for himself. And Orchid helps him off the floor. And this is when the brother's like, I can't believe you did this, blah, blah, blah. And like talking shit about him again. And she says he didn't do this for any, you know, reason to look brave or anything. He did this as a result of, you know, feeling guilty and all this, all these new feelings that he has, guilt and grief and remorse and all these things. And she sets down that mirror thing that like recorded their conversation in this spiritual realm with his dad and like that entire thing. And so the brother gets to hear their father talk about why he shut shut out his emotions and why he tortured him and he gets to hear this reconciliation and that's when the brother's like oh wow i totally read that wrong the 51 bolts of lightning so yeah that was good but um what did you think of dylan shirtless (laughs) (laughs) this is the shallowest i feel like this is the shallowest i've ever been on this show (laughs) <laughs> never been on Depak. I'm like, so what did you think of Dylan shirtless? Uh, first of, had, of all. Okay, go.
1: It did not look like he was wearing one of those prosthetic.
0: No. They're, yes, because that made the rounds on TikTok, too, was this lady sharing this like <laughs> behind the scenes look at a lot of these. Uh, see, drama stars that have to do a shirtless scene, they don't work out for it, they don't like beef up Marvel style. What they do is they have this like bodysuit that they wear that has like abs in it and it makes them look really buff, but it's fake. So, I don't think it was the bodysuit like that TikTok, um, yeah, expose yeah. thing happened. I think think it was a body double but now i'm not sure because i'm currently watching miss the dragon and there's a moment where you see him like you know um shirtless and i was like man that looks pretty identical to his body in this scene when he like rips off his shirt about to take the lightning and i was like god is that is that real dylan i don't know i saw the same body double i don't it could also be the same body double so i don't know um i did see a behind the scenes a behind the scenes is um putting it lightly i binge watched (laughs) a, a bunch of behind the scenes videos on youtube i was going ape shit on youtube fell into a hole like hours i was on there looking at behind the scenes footage and some of it was was subbed so that i could understand what they were saying but a lot of it was not i was there like you know raw mandarin i had no idea what they were even saying but i was like watching behind the scenes stuff and they but this was an interview that dylan had done done and they asked him like how did you prepare for that scene and he said oh i just did like a bunch of push-ups beforehand and then just like why,
1: why please? By and please, I was like, doctor.
0: okay, <laughs> okay. So I don't know. But then, you know, other interviews, he was saying like, look, I'm very, and he didn't say he was competitive, but this is what I got, that he was very, he is very competitive. And if okay. he sees other peers or C drama stars that are posting like gym selfies and shit, he'll go to the gym. He like wants to one up them. He wants to look really good. And yeah, so he goes to the gym and he works out and stuff. But I don't know if it was like all that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it was enough to pass for me thinking it's a body double. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, He's real thin. You know, I don't know.
1: I don't think I thought about. He could be like slim thick. He could
0: be. <laughs> slim thick. I Carol, I've never heard that in my life. What do you mean? I've never heard What's slim you thick. Oh my God. Okay. Talk to me.
1: Like, like slim thick is you're skinny, but we can tell you workouts. So okay, you okay. have some definition mm-hmm. to maybe your back muscles or your biceps, that kind of thing. Or you have okay. abs, that okay. kind of thing. I got you. Um, so I think he is slim thick. But it could also be a wishful thinking. (laughs) Let's just say, let's just say, I, when the shirt came off, Mm -hmm. I was on the floor. I was just like. (laughs) I hit the
0: ground. I hit the ground. I hit the ground. Yeah. Yeah. If Mm -hmm. this is
1: how we're going to get it, we'll take it. Mm -hmm. With pleasure.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Okay. So that's that scene. Um I think any time they kissed or swapped bodies was oh. great. The one in front of Lord Changhong, Hung. Yes. in The forest surrounding the Moon Tribe Palace. That was I, gonna be Talk to me, Carol. Carol.
1: So so Oh, oh. So they swapped <laughs> bodies <laughs> and um Rung Hao and Chang Hang are yeah. like, okay, this is a moment to actually completely kill the Moon uh-huh. Supreme. Mm-hmm. And um Sis is like, like mm-hmm. I get <laughs> you, but I don't want you to do that. So I'm gonna kiss him back. Mm-hmm. So the kiss and they switch back, and that could have been it.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's a second EFC- the second kiss. The second kiss. So
1: what the he does, kiss, why, why? The one he grabs the back of her neck. <laughs> I, I, I had
0: full oh. body goosebumps because he, te- so they switch back. It's a great moment because they're both like, no, they don't want each other to, you know, die or leave or whatever. Especially her, because they were literally, like you said, they were like, okay, great. They swap bodies. He's in her weak ass body. We could just kill her or that body kill him and then take her inside the fqc's body back to the fairy realm and like grow with her a new body or whatever and like swap them and that was the plan <laughs> for chang hung and rong they're like oh yeah good plan we can just kill the moon moon supreme right now right she's now she's like she's like no goes to kiss him they switch back it's like a full on transformation every time They swap bodies because they're both so great at playing each other. And they swap back. He's got the glare back on. He's got the cool vibes. He's like the man again. And oh my God, he, I think she's like in his, in his, on his arm or something at this point. And she starts running to Chung Hung. She's like Chung Hung and like takes off toward him. Carol, when I tell you, when he reached out and grabbed the back of her neck, and pulls nice. her back and kisses her, like plants one on her. And then, as she's still like kind of in his in his o- hand, he looks up and glares at Changhong, like, "Yeah, marking my territory. This is mine. She's not yours." Like very much a possess, <laughs> like another like possessive scene. And I, t- when I, t- I was like, "Call me toxic. Call me toxic," because. This was feeding me in a way that I didn't know I needed to be fed. I was Oh my god. I it just was,
1: felt like it was such an unnecessary move for oh him. Oh my god, yeah. But he wanted to show his dominance mm-hmm. to Chung Hong. like you ain't shit. Like It's I also it's
0: also dominance too. Like not just like she's mine. Yeah. It's also you know, she's not yours.
1: Yes. <laughs> Yes, that's the important thing. That he I think he was trying to communicate to Chang Hang, saying, She may not be mine. She is in my arms right now, but she's definitely not yours. Ooh. So back off. Very and much outside. a
0: dominance move oh. and And
1: let's explore why we like this so much. Do we? <laughs>
0: Do we need to explore it? I thought we were gonna leave that for our therapist. Because, oh, God. because okay go.
1: Like I I'm, I'm just comparing the two guys mm-hmm. and the thing with Chang Hang was yes, he loved or yeah, we seem to think he loved Orchid.
0: Yeah, he loved he Orchid. He cared
1: for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He cared for her. He took care of her in the way he could in the bounds of within the bounds of what he could. Uh-huh, but at uh-huh. the same time, it was kind of like I'm waiting around for potential and potential is not coming. Like what the, what's wrong with you? Why can't you be, um, I don't want to say be a man. Why can't you be assertive? More
0: assertive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what you want and tell me, Hey, I'm digging you. I want to be with you. Let's do this. F the world. Like he came to that realization too late for me.
0: Yes. That yes.
1: while, while, moon god was just like Mm -hmm. it's you from number one and that's it everything else will have to work around it Mm -hmm. while it Mm -hmm. felt like with chung hung she had to work around everything
0: oh okay so yes i i agree with you completely this has to do a lot with chung hung and his um arc and the way they formatted his character because he is the archetypal hero Mm -hmm. and he is duty bound and so a lot of his personal life is not his personal life he can't choose his own uh, bride he can't kind of work outside of his duty as the god of war and so i agree with you that that moment is also kind of highlighting the fact that he can't he can't even like stake a claim really he has no right to stake a claim on yeah. orchid and her feelings and even tell her that he has feelings for her. Um a lot of the <laughs> I think that what's fun about the not fun, but like what's interesting about the show is that Moon Supreme is definitely choosing her like throughout the show. He is trying to also bridge the gap between her and his people like the moon tribe is very against them being together and they consider her unlucky and you know Mm -hmm. there's all these things that he hoops that he has to jump through to be with her but he's willing to do it and towards the end of the show he's torn because his love for her is directly contrasting what he can do to free a hundred thousand of his people and Mm -hmm revive his moon tribe and like fulfill his own destiny and it's it's really sad to see him uh do that to see him struggle with that but Chang hung is basically doing the same thing only earlier in the show where he is cannot deviate from his immortal path and he's just so bound by his role in the fairy kingdom and his brother and all this stuff he's not brave enough to even step outside of that
1: <laughs> William and Harry
0: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> wow what a time capsule this episode is going to be I, I'm assuming you're watching the Megan and Harry doc right I'm not you're not, I'm not. I'm girl not. the tea is hot okay is it it's well it's the tea we know about but yeah it's still pretty warm pretty warm tea okay i just love drama okay so yeah uh, chung hung um one last thing i'll say about him is that i love how they never wrote him to become a secondary villain because yes a lot of second male leads in c dramas especially turn out to be some sort of villainous person towards the end they don't respect her choice they kind of force their way into Mm -hmm. a relationship with a female lead or what have you. And in this case, he was very respectful of her choice and actually supported her whenever he could. And by the end of the drama, you know, he's at a place of acceptance and he ends up shirking off the burdensome duty of being the god of war. And he's happy to relinquish it to uh, the up-and-coming fairy, Mm Dainin. I love how, you know... Chang Hung, again, we were saying that he's uh, not of one, what is it, like a divided, like he's divided in his heart about what to do with Orchid and how to proceed with even pursuing her and saving her because he thinks she's in danger by going to the, being in the Moon Tribe and all this stuff. But by the time they come back from their mortal realm trial, like he's like full on like, fuck you. I don't want to be the god of war anymore. I don't want to fight your battles. You just, you're just you just a warmongering dude. You're just hateful yeah. and I don't want to be doing your bidding anymore. And he has this whole, like, there's a rift now between him and his brother and it's great to see he helps them get away, back to the moon tribe. Yes. It's great. Like, he actually takes a stand at that point. And it's still a stand where he's supporting her. He's not, like, trying to woo her at this point.
1: That just got me to the next kiss, (laughs) kissy when he's super weak and she gives him. (laughs) She said, Stop. (laughs) And she gives him her blood because she's like, My blood has healing powers. And he's like, Don't be giving your blood to just anybody.
0: Yes. He's like, Don't do that, even for me.
1: Even for me. And we have this, ah, this in your lap kiss that was supposed to go on but we had some interrupters i was just like (laughs) can you guys go away it was such a precious moment
0: such a beautiful
1: shot with the fireside by you got the Uh,
0: campfire the cozy campfire she just saves him with her blood she's desperate and yeah he tells her don't do that again even for him And he starts asking her, like, why did you save me? Why did you come back to the moon tribe? You had a way out. I know that all this time you've wanted to go back to Xunyun-chan. I know that you've wanted to go home. Why didn't you take this opportunity to go home? And she deflects. She doesn't want to talk about it. And then he grabs her and pulls her back into his lap. And then he's like, he's, he's gently, like, whispers again, like, why did you save me? And... Before she can respond, he, like, kisses her. And it's such a culmination. What a moment. I've, it's been a long time coming because they had been, throughout the mortal trial, just at odds with each other, bickering. Yes. Weren't kind of succumbing to their feelings at this point, even though everyone knows they kept catch, they catch feelings for each other. And, oh, my God, it was great. And they're in their wedding attire. Like, you're just... <laughs> Speaking
1: sucks. speaking of the mortal realm, uh-huh. when Chang Hang, well, comes to the realization like he likes Orchid, and and then um, Moon Supreme <laughs> walks over and he's like, "Oh, you're meeting my wife," and I'm like, "Bro, you're doing the
0: same Ugh. thing again, <laughs> Carol." Well, let's talk about the mortal trial for a couple of minutes here because. I think that this is actually a lot more episodes than I was anticipating happening. Um, My complaint about The Mortal Trial is that they were just a little bit boring. Like The episodes were generally a little bit boring, a little bit lighter tone. And I think I would have preferred more stakes. These episodes, again, were punctuated by neither of them letting go of their pride so that they could finally come together share their feelings for each other they were muddling around in a lot of jealousy and they were serving attitude to each other and doing a lot of underhanded comments to each other pushing each other away and i think it just lasted too long but i feel like the end of the mortal trial was a highlight i think the that episode Mm -hmm. was really really juicy and um Some of the stuff that he does in the Mortal Trial, DFQC does in the Mortal Trial is really fun because, again, he's, like, claiming her as his wife and he's, like, calling her, like, darling and honey and, like, all these things. And he's very unwilling to uh, marry her off to the reincarnation of Lord Chungha. Yep. Um, He will just not let her go. And he is also very resolute that marriage is a serious thing and they shouldn't fake it or meddle in it. And I'm like, well, that's hitting all the right notes. You know what I'm saying? Like, for DFQC to be like, no, we can't just marry the wrong partners just so that we can, like, help them get through their mortal trial. That's just, yeah, like, fuck them. Like, no. So very much um, slight, light swoonworthy moments moment throughout. And then the final episode of the human trial was super juicy because they're together drinking on the wedding night, even though they didn't marry each other. But, yeah. you know, she's asking him really loaded questions like, what is his true purpose in Lu Chung? Why did he lie to her? And she refuses to go along with this plan that Hao had developed that she has to poison him and she refuses to poison him. And again, he's talking, DFQC is talking about like raising the fairy realm to the ground, that he has all these plans for war. And she's overwhelmed with despair and love because despite her best efforts in all of this time, he still wants war. And he still wants to destroy her homeland and her people. So she's torn, she's devastated and very sad, but... Then you have this fight scene because like they possess Lady Chidi with like evil chi and she like comes after them and they uh Rung Hao put like a evil chi bead in uh, the fa- fairy with orchids headpiece and stuff so like that goes off it's like a little bomb of evil chi and he saves her even though she's basically impervious to evil chi because of her goddess powers. Yeah. He still enters this like maelstrom of evil chi, saves her. Then, this is great, she finally saves him. Because so far in the show, she has been a damsel in distress. And at this point, she finally saves him. She like kind of dips into those goddess powers, and it's this stunning green like color as she like fends off the evil chi and she like stands up and looks really powerful and fierce for a minute. And you're just like, yes, like you're cut, it's like turning in the right direction. Like I see the ship of the plot kind of steering in a different direction at this point because she's finally yeah. becoming who she's always been. Yeah. And at this point, DFQC realizes who she is, and he's like, Oh my god, it's the goddess. And it's great. It's great. Then we get to that whole like um she saves him on the shores of Oblivion River and he protects her until he collapses. And it's like Lord oh. Ch- Chung Hung ets- shows up and he's like beckoning her to come home and she chooses him. She chooses DFKC. Yeah. And that's when you get to like the campfire scene with the kiss and all this stuff. Like all of this is all strung together. And I loved that episode and I loved the end of their mortal trial.
1: I loved it. I yeah. did think the mortal trial was slow, like you said. Mm. I'm just like, what are we doing here? Like, humans have no power. They're so boring.
0: Then, <laughs> yeah, they're like, we can't then, use our powers. And I'm like, why?
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, and then towards the end, when she comes into her priestesshood, I'll say, ooh, this is this is fire. I love mm. that she saved him. Um, and we'll, we'll get there. But towards the end, when she becomes the priestess and... She has to she sort of disconnects from her emotions Mm. and wants to focus on her mission, just like he did when he was moon supreme and had Mm -hmm. hellfire. And I thought just the journey for both of them. Beautifully Mm -hmm. done. Beautifully done. Mm -hmm.
0: Couple goals for sure. Um, I have in my notes, their relationship started out very imbalanced, um, but they grow into each other. They grow into each other. Yes. And by the end, they're just so balanced because, of course, he was calling all the shots. He was very aggressive, a tyrant. And by the end, they have this mutual respect for each yeah. other. And it is wonderful to see that in a sea drama where he humbles himself and she humbles herself. And they just they just end up being like this smash made in heaven, even though they're technically star-crossed lovers. So I love to see that for sure.
1: Oh my gosh, when she went into the cave of pain for him.
0: Okay, so I this was a moment that I adored because they are finally together, right? They they realize that they love each other. They've declared that they love each other and it's great. And he Oh, uh, I think this this is like a series of things that happens because she um They go to the, okay, here we go. He goes out of the palace to meet up with her for the moon festival where they're like, they have the engraved locks and stuff. They're going to do like the lock on the bridge. And a whole mess of people instigated by his brother beg for him to reconsider being with her. That she's bad luck. That she can't be trusted. She should be killed. And he declares in front of all of these people that he loves her. That she will be his wife and he will love no other. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like breathing hard over here in the corner. It is (laughs) such a great moment. And he has mercy on them because, you know, if he was the old moon supreme with no emotions, he would have just slaughtered these people. Exactly. But he has mercy on them. He's like, watch what you say. I'm going to be with her. They have he goes to um, actually he takes. Oh, my God. There's even more because he takes those bone devouring spikes as punishment to a, to atone for like the ongoing loss of a hundred thousand soldiers and for being with Orchid so he does this then he goes to see her on the bridge which is a beautiful moment they declare their love on the bridge and they kiss under the full moon then he collapses it's this whole thing then after this whole thing where she realizes that his people are basically dead set against her She says she wants to go into this non-abidance cave to earn the honor of being the Moon Queen. And she tells him something super wise. She invokes her own agency here Mm -hmm. and says, you know, throughout the entire relationship, the entire thing has been on his terms. Whether to kill her, to love her, to keep her, it was all his decision, but now that they're about to become husband and wife, like that should change. He needs to respect her decision. She says things like there's no hierarchy between a couple. Okay. And no matter what, we have to bear it together. What happens? We have to bear it together. And uh, I <laughs> like all of this is amazing to me that she recognizes like it's in the script. She recognizes that it's been in balance. Their relationship has yes. been in this whole time. And despite all that, she realizes that she needs to, just like he's been doing on and off for her throughout the show, kind of take a hit, like suffer for their love to be, you know, bona fide. And she chooses to undergo that trial, suffer pain, and she knows that in their culture, they value respect and they value and respect power. And she has to earn his her place by his side, Fair and square, no assistance from him. And I love it. I you know, of course, he doesn't want to let her do it. He won't subject her to torture. She says the entire relationship is is basically come to this. and she wants to prove herself to his people. And it's she knows the significance of the act. She wants control over this one thing. And uh, it's fantastic. I love this moment. And, of course, I love the moment that he doesn't drink the tea.
1: I was but- just going to say that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what else do you want to say? That he he goes through it with her. You know, he yeah. chooses to also go through the torture with her.
1: Couple goals for real.
0: Oh, through, my God.
1: Through thick and thin. Mm. Sickness and health. All that yes. jazz. Uh, yes, yes. Like- everything, everything. I feel like if she were giving birth
0: <laughs> okay he
1: would he would be feeling the same like he would feel the pain too right instead of being oh I don't like no I know like he would be present which I mm-hmm. really respect about him mm-hmm. the same way she was trying to res- gain respect of her people. I'm glad that he did not drink the tea and went through it with her.
0: It's, it's yeah, it's poetic. Oh my God, just... it is. It's poetic. Um, I guess we can segue into moments that broke you into little pieces. Um, so I, um, <laughs> there's like a lot of scenes here, but I think that the one that broke me into pieces The worst was both of their goodbyes. The first one was Orchid's goodbye. She sacrifices herself. And I was a wreck. Like when she tells him not to cry and to smile and like takes her little bloody fingers and turns up the corners of his mouth just like they had done before when she was teaching him how to smile. And like that completely sent me... um, I don't know if you had anything to say about that goodbye scene. The entire sequence was stunning was. and well edited, well acted. Um, I was telling pain. you what his, what
1: his pain,
0: his pain, Great the anguish, it's anguish. Like you just, oh. and I was watching, um talking about anguish, the behind the scenes footage of them filming the me. scene. And I, I sent it to you cause I was like, you got to see this. And The scene is really well acted. He's giving it so much. He's screaming and hollering and, like, throwing himself on the ground. And really a lot of physical kind of exertion here from him, from Dylan. And when the director yells cut, he's still on the ground. And he's, like, inconsolable on the ground, really tired looking. And just – he gave it so much – Esther Yu has to come over and kind of knock him out of it, get him back to a place. And yeah, she's like, you know, she takes his hand and she's kind of like wiggling it and like, oh, come on, like, you know, she's patting him on the back and he finally sits up on the on the stage and she's telling him like, you know, don't worry, I'm alive, I'm not dead and comforting him. In such a raw way, because they just went through this whole scene in sequence, which is kind of odd. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in regular filmmaking and in the West, you have movies and TV shows shot out of order. And then, of course, when they edit it, they put it in order, in sequential order. And she I mean, they did this completely in order from the time they're like crawling in on the sand dunes all the way up to he loses her. It's done. It was shot in order. It looks like. And so, I mean, it was just a crescendo of emotions. And he looked devastated.
1: He really did. Great yeah. actor. I was sold. I uh, I don't know. People, yeah. Death is not cool. Uh, <laughs>
0: Simply, yeah. It's yeah. not cool. Something but about um, his acting, which I thought was really sad, was in one of the interviews, he said, I'm really happy that people are... Is so yes. enamored with the show i'm so happy that people are giving it positive feedback that they're loving the characters and everything because my previous show or my previous uh, work you know i got a lot of criticism for it and i learned a lot through you know reading the comments he said something to that effect that people had like yeah. shit on his previous show and that he it take took the notes and he's improving like actively trying to improve And I thought to myself, this is really sad, first of all, that this poor guy who's like just, you know, plucked from obscurity. I think he was like a flight attendant before he became famous. I kid you not. Yes. And he um, he's learning, but like trial by fire, because, you know, it's not like he took acting classes and now he's in a professional actor and stuff like, no, he was like a model, like a you know, a nobody oh. and now he's this great actor and i just felt terrible because i feel like sometimes i contribute to that too when i'm reviewing dramas and i'm like this sucked i can't believe like whatever and it's we just all have to like have a little grace and remember that these are real people and it takes a village to make these dramas especially like a c drama with all these crazy elements in it um and special effects and people that contribute behind the scenes and post-production and stuff. It's not just the people on screen that you see that make Mm -hmm. the drama what it is. And I just felt horrible when he said that. He was like, yeah, you know, my previous drama wasn't well received and stuff. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) But also like, which drama was that? Was that Miss the Dragon or was that The Rational Life?
1: You know, maybe it was Miss the Dragon.
0: I think it might have been Miss the Dragon because I'm currently yeah. like on episode four or something of it, and it's good, but I can sense that it's probably not going to maintain this momentum, and maybe the writing mm. for f- won't won't live up to, you know, whatever. So I, I can probably guess that it was Miss the Dragon because you've watched the Rational Life. Was it yes. was it okay? Was it good?
1: It was okay. It, ah, uh, see, see. <laughs> Mind you, mind you, I don't think that uh, Chinese dramas, rom- rom- romance has been yeah. doing it lately. Like the mm. last one I loved was Love is Sweet or something. Okay, and, that sounds familiar. Uh, yes. Where she, when she cries, she gets an allergic reaction and she goes into
0: <laughs> like shock. Okay. So Got gotcha. you. the
1: guy... If you have not watched it, oh my God, you got to oh, watch it. Oh, okay. Like, so that's a good
0: one. Okay. That's
1: a really good one. Love
0: and is sweet. The, okay.
1: Yeah. And then Love Designer. Okay. With, um, those two felt very much contemporary romance being done well. But The Rational Life, I think it had too much work in it. Or oh, I yeah. Because like, it was a
0: workplace drama.
1: Yeah. I was just oh. like, oh, okay. Okay. Um,
0: yeah. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like I, I don't like workplace dramas like personally. And I've said this in our what's wrong with Secretary Kim episode as well, where I'm like, this is not really my job. Every time they set something in the workplace, I'm like, ugh, you know, but <laughs> yeah. that's just me personally. Other people love that. Um, as far as others love between fair and devil scenes that broke me um, after she dies, he gets stuck in a dream. And he oh dreams that they've God. been married. Yeah, he dreams that they've been married for 500 years. And he's basically committing suicide as he's trying to keep this dream alive, Inception style. And it's just this grand delusion into he th- thinks that she's alive. And the scenes of their married life are so adorable and enticing. And it is so, so sad when he has to say goodbye and like implode the dream. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, my God like tears, real tears. I was sad. I was so devastated when he had to say goodbye to her in the dream. Um, yeah, oh my god, yeah. But then oh keep,
1: my god, keeping <laughs> the dream alive and and killing yourself in the process. Like you could just tell how much he had grown to love Orchid. Mhm. In trying to do that, trying to keep that, you know, vision alive. And yes, it was cute. I agree with you. It was very cute. But it was also very heartbreaking for the people on the outside looking, at him, looking in at him doing this.
0: Mm.
1: Even Chung Hong is like, yo, bro.
0: Like, yeah. Well, Chung Hong comes now. in and he's like, you gotta stop this. You're you killing yourself. Your people need you. And there's a possibility we can bring her back. You need to get out of this. You can't just kill yourself over this. Exactly. And Oh my god. I... It was so much Beautiful to see him moment. say goodbye to her. And she's like, I'm alive. I'm right here. Like she say, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, scenes that broke me. He, you know, they go through the motions of saving her. They extract her little spirit. They put it in. It turns into a seed. Then he starts taking care of her all over again as a seed. And the same thing you're repeating the same thing. He's giving her sunshine. He's. Collecting morning morning dew dew for her and is talking to her and really kind of making it seem like she is as if she's listening. She's a plant, mind you, but he's talking to her. He's like, I miss you so much. And like, you know, just having conversations with this plant and it's adorable. She finally turns back into human form and you see her talk. She doesn't remember him. You see her talking with the great turtle before she turns back into her human form. And she's like, yeah, I understand that, you know, I have this grand purpose and I can't succumb to my feelings and indulge in love. And the great turtle's like, I'm so glad you understand this. You got a great purpose, whatever, and sends her back. Sends her back into Shishan, that town that she's from. And oh my God, when she turns around and she doesn't recognize him. Um, I, it was like the air just got sucked out of the room. You know what I'm saying? And I expected it to like, obviously she just went through this great transformation. She's now the goddess. And I fully expected her to have amnesia or just to f- forget him and their love and her time as Orchid. And, but when it really happened, when it finally happens on screen, I was like, Oh <laughs> no, I know. It was brutal. It was brutal, and then him just sticking around and, like I said before, humbling himself. What did you think of him just saying, like, "I want to serve you. I want to be uh, your servant" and stuff? And what did? I just.
1: <laughs> uh, it was very beautiful because here's someone he, who doesn't. He really built
0: or Ar- arbiter hall again.
1: Exactly. Again, he builds the hall for her again, and she's walking through like she don't remember nothing. She knows damn well, she knows every
0: fucking thing that happened. Yes, she's like, I Um, love this place, and I'm like, no fucking shit.
1: (laughs) And and he's like, I just want to be near you, I just want to serve you. I'll just, ah, that was such a beautiful string of words and moments to Mm. be like I know you don't remember me just just let me hang around and it's so torturous to him too, yes to want to do that yeah he's just like nah I have faith I I think I can make her remember me and I'm just
0: yeah he's repeating all these things that they had done and trying to like trying to jog Uh, her memory it's brutal when he realizes that she's not orchid
1: yeah.
0: Um, Kudos
1: to her for going through all those memories with him mm-hmm. and still pretending like she can't remember.
0: Yeah, she was good at that. She was like, "I," there was no love in her eyes. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, there was nothing. Yeah. When, when she woke up early and she's telling him, like, you don't work, wake up early. I'm like, girl, really? <laughs> this is you? <laughs>
0: is this who we are? She was like, I was meditating but in front of the sunrise, and I saw. I was like meditating. Oh my gosh! Night and day difference between her and Orchid. Yeah. But he finally decides to leave. And yes. Oh and I my god,
1: that was that was um, accepting what it is now. One, but also like, I I, I think. I've done all I could. Mm. I love myself, too. It's time to let go.
0: Mm. Brave. And it's Really very, brave.
1: It's very brave. And it's really hard to get to that moment where you're like, I've given it my all. But now I choose me and I choose my people and my response and all those other things. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go. And then she's like, she, she. Puts her hands on his and makes him to try smile. And get that smile. And I'm like, you. Bitch. Exactly. Mother- okay. Bitch. <laughs> what, was- what are yeah. you
0: doing? What are you doing? What are you, what doing? Are you doing? She's giving yeah, him hope.
1: <laughs> exactly. You're giving him hope, number one. Number two, you clearly remember. Yeah. Why couldn't you talk to him? And the communication, lack of communication. There's a TikTok. Well, she cut she cut him
0: off so dirty when she came back as the goddess because she was talking all this shit about oh I'm gonna basically commit suicide to stop this apocalypse from happening and stop this evil monster cloud from taking over and that's her destiny. All the goddesses before her have done this same thing. They're very self sacrificing and whatever.
1: But my issue with her was. D C Q F
0: D F Q C
1: (laughs) D F Q C. Sorry. D F Q C was doing the same thing in the beginning with his hellfire. Right. And being moon supreme, but he found a way to work with her to still, you know, save his people. And like, I felt like he was more open to finding another path. Well,
0: well, that's the thing, is that he was at first very much um, trying to make peace with his destiny and saving the Moon Tribe and then being with her. But because of all these machinations, he was basically choosing his people at the end. And he was trying his best to save her. And the way to save her was like, we got to get this bracelet off of her. Now that she loves me unconditionally, that bracelet is basically a death sentence if you take it off of her, but it's got evil chi in it. So it's killing her from the inside out and sucking up all of her goddess energy. And like, there was a lot of things that he was trying to make happen, which was bring back the hundred thousand people that were frozen in time for 30,000 years and also save her life. And he was like, the best way to get that bracelet off of her is. To kill her love for me so he was like being really mean to her and like saying really crazy um lines to her that were heart-wrenching and of course she never stopped loving him so like there was no way to take the bracelet off so then how can he unleash these hundred thousand people without lady chidi's uh spirit and all this stuff to break this curse that she put on This battlefield. So I was like, all of these things taken together, like he basically did the best that he could because he was trying to save her, but then trying to save his people. And ultimately, it felt like he chose his people. I think as the audience, you're thinking, oh, he chose his people because he's being so insufferable to her and doing this 180, imprisoning her again and being kind of like his old self. versus the love struck moon supreme who is very in touch with his feelings he was trying to you know make her unlove him (laughs) and it wasn't working um yeah it, it was a lot but she doesn't go so far well i should say she does go so far as the goddess because she is trying to like shut down his feelings for her not in in an overt way like you know Talking to him in a certain way or being mean to him necessarily, but she was like, "Let's choose the path of least resistance." I just don't remember. I don't have. Yes. I'm not orchid. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it, I think it, she chose a little bit m- more merciful route to try and get him to go away and maybe stop loving her and move on. But man, so it culminates into this bridge scene. They were repri- they have like this bridge scene reprise where he takes her there to hang the locks. He's like, do me this one last favor. They go to the bridge where they declare their love for each other. And he admits that Orchid is gone, that the goddess Jishan is not her. And it's this last bit of hope here because he wants to hang this lock with her name on it. Because if you put the lock on the bridge, it means they'll be together forever. And so it was like this last, last ditch effort, this like superstitious effort. But she is not having it. She starts walking away, and he says he starts crying. He's just crying on this bridge, and he says, "I just want her to know that I'm not bad anymore, oh. and that I said all these terrible things to her to try and get her to not love me anymore because of this bracelet and the you know the magic of the bracelet. It was killing her, and." She listens on to him like revealing this and also saying like, you know, I'm just, I'm not bad anymore. I'm not that person I was. And he's like, I want to tell her all these things. And she's there. She's listening to him break down and still decides to walk away and submit to her higher calling and that the fate of the world is in her hands. And so she chooses the world over him. And I, it's heartbreaking it is because she loves him she's crying (laughs) she remembers and still and still um oh man going back to esther though really fast i wanted to talk about in some of the behind the scenes footage um dylan was talking about how she was so integral to producing such great chemistry you know and creating these scenes where they might have been kind of referencing or paying homage to other sea dramas because she's an avid sea drama watcher. And she would read the script and come in and be like, oh yeah, this reminded me of this. And maybe we should try this. And bringing ideas to the table and, you know, pulling things up on her phone and showing Dylan and being like, "Look, well, let's try this. Or they did this. Maybe we could try this. And being very proactive about setting up their scenes together and yeah. it wasn't just the director who was kind of fostering their their chemistry and their scenes so I really wanted to just say that about Esther that she I think her the importance of her and her creative contributions can't be understated because we're talking about great chemistry we're talking about great swoon or scenes it's kind of endless for us but Esther was you know She's one of us. She's watching C-dramas all the time. And she recognizes the kind of things that would make sense for the viewers and what we would appreciate because she is a viewer. So,
1: yeah,
0: I wanted to say that.
1: I appreciate her love for the crafts, for sure. I think the only other couple that I had heard about this was. um, Well, actually, I've heard a lot. Hyun Bin and Son Ye Jin do Uh that a lot in Mm. their shows and they did that for Crash Landing on You and um, Alchemy of Souls because they were such a young crowd they definitely got a chance to encourage each other to do things differently and and try this instead and things like that and Lee does that quite a bit too so Mm. yeah I think I love it when you see people really enjoying the craft
0: Mm, and
1: thinking about different ways to bring the plot alive. And and yeah, it's beautiful.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're now in the end game episodes where um, he decides, DFQC decides to sacrifice himself. And there's the second goodbye that I referenced earlier. Mm -hmm. I could not function. Um, I just couldn't because it was like their wedding day. She was about to get married to Chang Hung. And again, Chang Hung coming in in clutch because he was like, I'm not happy about her marrying me, even though I love her and I do want her to marry me. It's not uh, something that I am happy about that I am gloating about because she doesn't doesn't love me. She loves you. And what's worse is that she doesn't realize she loves you. And she doesn't remember her time as Orchid. Like, I want Orchid back. And he's very um, level-headed about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Again, at this point, you kind of expect in the sea drama for him to be gloating, for him to be happy that he f- gets the girl. But it's not on his terms. It's not it, – it's out of, like, necessity because of this whole, like, destiny that they have over their relationship. She needs to marry him to, like, unlock her goddess powers or whatever the fuck. So – Um, The wedding gets like interrupted because DFQC is in the middle of confronting this like evil cloud. Uh, What is it? Tian Tian Shan or Tian Shan Mm -hmm. or something. I forget the name of the demon. Tian Shan. Yeah. So she ends up on the battlefield with all of the fairy kingdom to try and stop DFQC who, you know, he was initially trying to kill the thing using whatever is left of her spirit spirit and powers that is like imprinted in his in heart him. which is oh god inside him from like their first encounter fine so much symbolism there but okay so then he uh I think the demon like distracts him with like saying like I don't know what he said I can't remember what it was but it it's an avenue like,
1: yeah it okay, felt like the demon was trying to find cracks in his resolve Yes, to have him Backslide and say, "Yo, I can give you what you want." Uh-huh, like he uh-huh. was sort of an enticer or a mirror into the deepest desires. Yes, and so that's what he was trying to get. Yes. at. Yes, so
0: he finally did find a little chink in his resolve, and that's when he entered him and like took possessed his body. They like f- became one, and it was this whole thing. He started. I mean, he was back with the blo- the white hair and like yeah. hovering over the valley and it was like really cool to see but yeah she's back on the battlefield the wedding is like interrupted and she braves this maelstrom to get to him there's this epic mid-air kiss when she finally gets to him and she enters his like figurative heart to where she sees what's this left tree. of him his tree by his heart tree and he starts begging her to to kill him, to let him go, and she won't. And, like, (laughs) the entire scene is so well done because, you know, on the outside, they're still in an embrace. They're still kissing. And, like, all of a sudden, she has activated her goddess power. She's, like, completely consumed in green, uh, like, elemental, like, energy or whatever the hell. And then he suddenly starts, is able to use glazed fire. And the whole, like, the heavenly realm is like, oh, my God, this is, like, an ancient method that's been lost to time. And, like, only people (laughs) with great love and compassion can master it. And so, you know, they're wreathed in, like, glazed fire and the green from her powers. And it's beautiful, beautiful scene. And then inside of his, you know, heart or mind, they're having this last conversation. And... She, you know, she finally does. She like shoots him with her powers, and um, they start rising up. They start like rising up into the celestial, galactic space, and it's gorgeous. And then, oh my god! Then he like kind of comes to a little bit and like says goodbye, and and then disintegrates. He just disintegrates right in her arms. Damn. I was devastated. I was forlorn. I could not be comforted. Um, at this point, I don't know about you guys listening, but this was another like moment where it cut me to pieces. And yeah. all that's all that's left is like this little what is it? That little piece that he had given her. Yeah. Right? A little piece of his heart basically. Made from his blood or something. I don't know. A little memento left over. She takes it and um, I love how she's talking with the brother later. And the brother's like, um, She asked the brother, Do you believe in miracles? And the brother's like, I don't know. I don't know. And she's like, Well, and she hangs it up in her little garden in Arbiter Hall and, you know, feeds it her spirit. little spirit and she, she takes care of it. And then all the, you know, he comes back.
1: And when <sighs> he comes back, I think she had her back to to him and mm-hmm. he's like well Lila like I'm here and Yes, I was just like
0: oh, oh!
1: <laughs> the tears
0: the tears of joy and then they just end it there and like we're left to process like, this show and like the meaning of life and oh my god there was yeah, so, so much
1: symbolism in this show that oh uh, talk to me
0: talk to me that
1: gave me like even like the tree inside and caring for the tree and nurturing it that was such a beautiful way of putting up growing up and and Mm. learning your emotions and how the leaves just represents the different emotions that we go through and Mm. and then there was um you know hellfire and
0: glazed fire yeah
1: Glaze fire, you have to lose all your emotion to be able to um, get that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he lost all his emotions to be the strongest person in the world. But on the other side, with so much emotion, Mm -hmm. you're able to master Glaze fire. And no one is able to do that. And only the people who have reached like the highest level are like, okay,
0: and so then, of course, it's ways. ironic. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And it's ironic because it's like the most brutal Moon Supreme dude. That yeah. the as Archetypal villain of the show is the one who can summon glazed fire. I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I think that one last thing that we had talked about before um, was the villain Rung Hao and his relationship with Lady TV and how they yeah. are kind of... Um what's the word? They're like two halves of the same coin, like Rong Hao and Lady T D on one side, and then you have Orchid or the Goddess and Moon Supreme DFQC on the other side, because they both are trying to go against fate or destiny mm-hmm. to save another person, to save their partner, to save their master, whatever. And the difference between Rong Hao and Lady T D and DFQC and Orchid is that the they don't love each other like they love each other they care for each other but they don't love each other um Ronghao and Lady cheaty don't mm-hmm. but Orchid and DFQC do they have this all consuming love and one thing that the arbiter the real arbiter said was that love falls outside of fate which is why you have these destiny leaves that are so like buck wild And that's what um, Orchid was saying. She was like, yo, why are these stories so wild? Like, these things are happening. These terrible things are happening. And these people, like, go through it. And she's like, well, it's not really part of fate's plan. But love intervenes. Love falls outside of fate. And that's why you have, like, this craziness happening. And I loved how, I think you mentioned this, how um, DFQC was the only person who could change her destiny, yeah.
1: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because that's what um Cup not Cupid. <laughs> Orchid's <laughs> master Orchid's master said. Like yeah. you're the only one who can save her. Mm-hmm. Um, you are the only one who can change her destiny. And he didn't understand it. It looked like he didn't understand it when she first first said it, but then mm-hmm. he definitely understood it towards the end when she was getting married you know following her path and he's like oh okay so in the end she's going to die
0: Mm.
1: I'm gonna die in her stead Mm -hmm. and that's yeah I mean it's not ideal I would love for both of them (laughs) to live and that's what we get in the end but um, yeah I was pleasantly surprised by the end when We had a happy ending Mm because I'm so used to loss at the end Mm -hmm. of my Mm -hmm. Lucias. Yes. So it was just, I was very happy.
0: I was very happy as well. I was very happy they got a happy ending. Um, Last thing I'll say about Rung Hao and Lady Chidi was that I thought their story was really compelling. And I also found it interesting that the writers felt that they needed to redeem Rung Hao. Um, and that he was actually redeemable, sort of, in the end. Mm-hmm. And you kind of end up feeling badly for him, and for especially for Lady Chidi when she is finally resurrected and she has all of these... Um, she's tortured, basically, by the evil Chi and by what he's done and how he brought her back and the way she begs to for him to kill her because she's just... she's not the same and he realizes that he got got by the evil, you know, Cloud Teshin or something. Mm-hmm. Um, he realizes that he's been tricked.
1: But, you know, I want to, I don't have empathy for him.
0: You don't have empathy. Seeing,
1: no, I remember seeing him in episode seven. And I was like, this guy's the bad guy. Because yeah. I don't think that he was even a good friend to Chung Hung. Because technically, okay. Chang Hang was looking for Chidi all yes. these years. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and he knew where she was and he never said anything.
0: So yeah. I
1: don't think he was a good person to begin you with. You can't the base s-
0: a friendship on a lie. Exactly. And that's exactly what Rung Hao did, even yeah. though he was very close to, you know, Chung the second god of war, Chang Hong. Um he was still withholding so much of what made him him, you know, exactly. what made him unique, what his story was and how he was so, um, no, I don't think maybe devastate or, um, uh, bereft, bereft, Yeah, after Lady Chidi died and Die. how he, you know, had this grand plan to bring her back. All of this was not part of their 10,000 year relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I thought that they had a little bit of boy love vibes between them when they were interacting, especially like towards the earlier episodes when he was coming over to drink and they were like in the painting together and like riding this boat and just drinking the two of them. I was like, this has a little vibe to it and I can ship them easily.
1: Hold on. I have a question. Yeah. In that time, did... Chung Han know that Hao's master was cheating.
0: Mm oh I can't remember.
1: Okay. I, I think I that's a
0: think I, so. I, I,
1: if he knew I think then, so, then I would expect him to also get upset and angry at um at Chung Han for liking Orchid right? Like, you're betraying my master. But there was none of that. It clearly told me that Rung Hao did not care for Chung Hung. And that's something that...
0: Okay, I think that's a little far-fetched. I, I do think that he cared for him, especially because he saved his life when he didn't have to. She, and he knew that, okay. that there was, like, beef between them that he was in the wrong, that he was killing people left and right to create evil Qi. that he was, like, doing things against... Uh, heaven's plan and that he was a villain. Like Ronghao knew he was a villain. You know what I'm saying? Some villains don't think they're the villain. He that's knew he true. was a villain. That's yeah. true.
1: That's true. That's true. He knew he was a villain and he was concentrating on getting Chidi back. I guess mm-hmm. he made more efforts than Chang hung to bring Chidi back. Um, but I just feel like overall, I think that Chidi and Rung how failed in their training mm-hmm. because i feel like as a master who's teaching you have to understand evolution and acceptance and fate and and all of that and mm. i don't think he learned that from her
0: got you yeah. yeah she was like what are you doing and you know he she was talking about you're devolving into your basest uh, human instincts here and wanting to save me and keep me alive. And he was like, well, I don't care. Like, fuck the world. I want you back. And she was like, the only time I ever like succumbed to human emotion or feeling was when I saved you. And that, that was, was really sad and wrong. And she went to the arbiter and was like, can you save this boy? And the arbiter was like, I can, but... But are you okay with being an agent of evil in the future? (laughs) And She was like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Everything comes at a price. And the price of their bond was too much. That that was like so many people were murdered and they weren't the same. Like even she was like, your music has changed. You're different. Where's the purity in your music and where's the purity in your fighting ability like what happened to you
1: yeah
0: yeah mhm anyway uh, i think i have come to the end of my notes did you have anything else you wanted to add about love between fairy and devil other than it's life changing definitely go watch it i'm so sorry if you've listened to this far and you have been spoiled i we it's better than how we explained it please go watch the show yes but carol what is up at last? Thoughts, final thoughts.
1: Final thoughts. It was a great drama, it was a great ride. I'm excited to see what both leads do mm. next. I'm gonna watch the next drama today. <laughs> um,
0: okay, I'm,
1: get, I'm gonna get my hair done, so I gotta download episodes and uh,
0: oh, and I got you.
1: Um, but um.
0: Yeah, I loved it. It was. I loved it. Yeah, Mount Rushmore. Yes, it is up there. there. Yeah, it's up there. For sure. It's up there. It's really good.
1: Mm -hmm. 2022
0: for sure. Ooh, all right. Carol, thank you so much for coming on this episode. Thank you for making the time, for being so gracious and even suggesting that we do this episode. I have had so much fun watching the show and so much fun talking with you online and offline. Um, I can't believe that we actually covered a C-drama on the regular Debug feed. It is a long time coming. And it's and kind me. of like in between seasons. Like it doesn't even fit like a special episode, but I'm so glad I shared it with you. Um, where can we find you online, Carol?
1: You can find me at K-Dramatics Club on uh, Instagram and at Carol Markway also on Instagram and on Twitter I yeah I just hang out online do reviews where I can and I'd love to meet everyone too so thank you so much for having me I'm so glad I was your first C drama yes <laughs> hopefully I come back and, yes uh, yeah thank you
0: thank you and if you want more carol definitely listen to our search www episode where we reviewed that show with um Bemi as well, Bemi's a trip (laughs) so uh, if you want to know Carol's background in K-drama and some other suggestions from her uh, watch, uh, listen to that episode, it's amazing so I think that's been our show we gotta get out of here, we got things to do, we got more dramas to watch so that's been our show I'm Jessica and this has been the Deba K-Rambles Podcast (laughs)